0: Uh, hi everybody, wow, great to see you, uh, very encouraging, this is uh, as Richard just said, uh, absolute key moment for us, it's an absolutely significant moment, I'm so ple- pleased you're here, um, so we are going to spend a bit of time, a little bit later on we're going to be praying for John and Suzanne, and that's, this is uh, important for them and I'll explain a little bit of th- that after Steve talk but let me just tell you a little bit about Steve. Uh, Steve is coming to speak in just a moment. We met I don't know, many, many years ago, and we as a church were, we, how did we connect? Where do we, where do we go from here? And we're part of New Frontiers, but we, we didn't know quite where to go. And this man really caught us, and the moment he came to us as an eldership We all got it. We all understood that this man understood us and he's just brought great wealth and wisdom into us, just a wealth of experience and wisdom into us as a leadership. And um, I am so pleased he's here. Debs, thank you. Third time. Yeah. So Debs is uh, Steve's wife and this is her third time that she's heard her husband uh, there you go. That's, that's commitment for you, isn't it? Um, so we are incredibly blessed with this man. He has apostolic oversight, not just with his own church, but uh, in New Frontiers as well. He connects with the other apostolic teams, and he is so helpful to us. Let's welcome my golfing buddy, Steve Tibbett.
1: Thank you. Thank you, uh, Neil. So good to be with you. And um, I was a bit worried that when we got introduced that when they mentioned my name, there was no clap. And then they mentioned Deb's name and everyone started to clap. I mean, I was just thinking, what's going on here? But anyway, no, it's great to be here with Deb. I haven't been here with Deb before. Let's just move this down here. Sorry, I'm just going to make myself at home. I did this in the first meeting. They haven't kicked me out yet. So, uh, So good to be here. Yeah, my name's Steve. I'm a pastor of a church in London. I bring greetings from King's Church London. I'm so glad to be here. It's like a morning off for me uh, because uh, at King's we have four sites and seven meetings on a Sunday. And um, so it's just great to preach three times. And uh, I just love being here and seeing what God has done. The first time I came... Hi Jeff, good to see you, man. Uh, first time I came to this church was on a Sunday. I think I met with the elders. They thought I'd come and invite me to speak. It was about twelve, thirteen years ago. I haven't invited me back until this moment. So I'll let you read into that what you want. Okay, I've read a lot into it, but anyway. And then, uh, but I came in and we were sitting about here, and Neil was here with Des. And the worship was flying, and, and he was going, yeah, Jesus. And he's speaking in tongues. It's kind of like that. And I'm looking at him, and I'm looking at the back, and there are people standing at the back. And so after about five minutes, I go like this. Stop worshiping Jesus. He said, what do you mean? Stop? You're, you're the visiting speaker. Don't say that to me, he said. I said, stop worshiping Jesus. Look. Look behind. People can't find a seat. Yeah, I know, he said. What should we do about it? I said, I don't know. It's a good problem to have. And um, anyway, out of that, partnering with the elders here, I encourage you to go to two morning meetings. Yeah. So to be here and to preach on this really important day, this handover moment, and to see the church where it is now is well done. Well done. Well done for not settling. I mean, you, you, could, you could just be a cracking church which rocks up and feed me, feed me, entertain me, pastor. But no, you follow great leadership and you've stretched. yeah. And I think John will keep that on. I would uh, encourage him to keep leading you forward uh, from, to reach more people. And under uh, Neil and Desi, you've been very fruitful ministry. And uh, so it's a big day. Uh, But I want to say well done. I mean, I just think when I was here in the first meeting, I was thinking, gosh, couldn't get everyone in just from the other side. Hazelmere, yeah? And then come in here and there's more people in here. (laughs) God loves people. Yeah, yeah. So we just started a 1.30 meeting. We said to everyone, don't have lunch. Come to worship Jesus so that we can create space for more people. Is church here for you? Are we here for them? Anyway, that's not what I'm here to talk about. Uh, I'm here to partner with you in a key moment, a handover moment. It's a real joy to be here. It's an end of one season and the beginning of a new one. And so I thought I'd talk about leadership and the importance of leadership in every aspect of life. So I don't know if some of you uh, work in a school. The head teacher is really important. sets so the culture of a school. Um, it's the same in business. If you've got a great manager, it makes a massive difference, doesn't it? Someone you respect. You know, You know a woman or a man that gives real good counsel to you. Or, you know, leadership even in a football team. Or with a coach. Who sets the kind of team spirit. Yeah? And uh, the philosophy. This is how we're going to play around here. It's really important. You see, different different philosophies ministry. It's the same in churches. How we're going to do church? Uh, so leadership really important. And then, what about in families? The role of a, a, a husband to love his wife and lay down his life for his wife. I haven't found many wives that are not up for that. You know, a husband that will lay down life tea in the morning. Here darling, cup of tea in the morning. Deb's been training me for 30 years for that. So she's, um, she's bearing fruit. So it's, you know, it's a long term. You want to be happily married. It's, it takes years to build. You want to raise kids. It's, whew. my eldest is 26. I'm still, fa- I'm still fathering him. So I thought, I thought, when I signed, I thought it was only 18 years and then they get on. But you know, fathering goes on and uh, just, just carries on, doesn't it? Keep turning up. But healthy marriages and kids are built in an environment of serving, caring, loving environment. is the best place for kids to grow up. And it's the same in the church. A church that is well led, flows from the eldership team, but also really flows from the point leader, the senior pastor. I believe that. And Neil and done a f- a phenomenal job served this church for 26 years yeah i've served my church for 24 years that's why i've got gray hair and neil's got gray hair i've prophesied over john already giving 20 years he's going to look like this okay <laughs> so he looks young there is i had black hair when i started leading the church 24 years oh, it's demanding very demanding so I just want to talk about leadership a little bit today. Just a few thoughts. And the uh, uh, first thing I want to ask is, uh, maybe a leader or a really close friend, what do you admire in them? What do you really admire in a leader or in a close friend? Think about that for a moment. And uh, obviously you want, a, you want a, a, a leader that is maybe competent or gifted, but I want to suggest to you that what people really follow is character. And biblically speaking, they're the qualifications for leadership. 1 Timothy 3. It says, able to teach is the only gift alluded to the role of elders. And so um, it's character. It's phrases like, they're humble, they're loyal, they're constant, they're loving, they're supportive. This, this is what we look for and should look for in, in, in leaders or close friends. It's not that, that competence isn't important. So if you have a pastor who's really lovely and you say, oh, what a lovely, faithful man, but is not very good at what he's doing his job, that won't last, okay? So it's a both and. but if you had to, you'd want to lean into uh, character. I had the privilege to go to Cape Town a few times. I've been on Robin Island. I have stood in Nelson Mandela's cell. He's been in there for over 20 years. I mean, you're just, I mean, it's, it's not very big. It's like... It's it's this size. I mean, it's. And you think he led a nation? You can lead a nation from a prison if you've got character, and what character that man had. And when you, you you think of him, you know he's not with us anymore. But the kind of humility, the dignity, yeah, that he carried carried a nation through a period of reconciliation, which is ongoing. But I'm massive. So, gifting is important, but character is 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 critical. Also, on successful teams, you have character competency, and you have chemistry. There's a good feel; it sort of fits. And uh, I can't remember how many times I've met with your leadership team, uh, but there's loads over the last decade or so. What would happen? I'd normally come up and beat. Neil at golf in the afternoon. That's the way I've kept him humble he's so gifted. Not always, actually, we're very, just to be really honest, we're very equally matched. Very, though I won the last game, so I think I'm the reigning champ. Just sort of put that in there, just thought I'd leave that out there for some of you. Just thought you might want to know that bit of news. So, uh, but there's a great team. And John's coming through now. He's picking up the leadership team. He's been leading for a while behind the scenes. And Neil's staying around. So I think the way you've planned succession uh, and I've been involved, I've been, we've, we've had flip charts up, timelines. I think you're doing it really well. All the reading I've done on succession, best succession planning is you hand over to the next generation. The founding father just hangs around a bit. Just hangs around for a couple of years. Yeah? And uh, obviously you know Neil and Des are going on sabbatical tomorrow. Ooh. Ah, well deserved break. Well deserved after leading this church 26 years. 26 years. Wow. Anyway, let's turn to the Bible quickly because. um, I just want to root what I'm saying in the scripture, but we'll quickly move through. And I've only got a couple of points, but here we go. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's suffering, who also will, we, will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them. Not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Not lording over those entrusted to you, but being an example to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourself to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Now humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you've suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And so uh, my first point is that uh, elders, pastors, John, you are called to serve God's people. That is the kind of primary model of leadership in the scriptures. New Testament is to serve God's people. You're not to lord it over them. You're not to make financial gain from it. Uh, and uh, so I don't know, my church is very uh, black majority. So it's a third African, a third black Caribbean and a third white. So I'm, 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 I love it. Uh, but we have to just talk about prosperity from time to time. You know, I don't have to drive a BMW. I'm strong enough to carry my own Bible and things like that. My wife, as pretty as she is, doesn't need a throne. Yeah, okay, leaders are called to serve. Yeah. Uh, and um, it's good to pay your pastors well so they're not poor. That doesn't bless them either. But uh, you don't get into pastoral ministry for financial gain. Okay, that's what the scripture teaches. I took a 80% drop in my salary when I first became a youth pastor. Um, But you need to be eager to serve. Um, And actually, whatever your sphere of influence, maybe you're just raising kids at home or you're just starting out in your career, uh, you know, if you have a servant heart and you make a contribution then God will tend to lift you up in due time. If you try and grab it, uh, resist the season you're in, or try and shortcut it, then it tends to backfire on you a bit. But the key words through this passage is serve as overseas. Be willing, be eager to serve. Be an example. And our chief example is Jesus himself. So Jesus is the example. It's a high bar, uh, but Jesus is our example. I have uh, enjoy leadership. I don't have many spiritual gifts. Uh, Deb, my wife, she's brilliant. She's brilliant at everything. Languages, she's reading. She went to university. I left school at 16. I was a bit of a dosser at school. I know that surprises some of you. Uh, but, you know, uh, I haven't got any exams. Deb, she's brilliant. She's, she's good at this. She's good at gardening. She's good at DIY. I'm useless, but I can lead. And so I have focused in on the one gift I have. I encourage you, John, be yourself. Focus in on who you are. Get people around you that complement all your weaknesses. Which is why if you come to my church, it's just a massive team. So I'm hopeless at most things. I, I can't even spell. Did you know that? Are there any dyslexics in the room? Yeah, me too. They say about dyslexics, that they're geniuses. So let's just go... I don't know where I got that from. Uh, I've got no, because I can't read very well, I, I've got no research to that. But I'm, I'm putting it out there. So, uh, But seriously, I, I read widely on leadership. And one of the books and writers I love is a guy called Jim Collins. Who looks at successful businesses or charities or schools or churches. and he says, And he looks and finds out, does research to find out what is the common theme that you find across the board. And one of the things he found out about the leaders of these organisations, whether it's a business, a school, or a church, or a charity, was this, he called them level five leaders. Let me quote. I think this is from good to great. It might be from great uh, great by choice, but I'm pretty sure it's good to great. Uh, A level five leader, don't worry about that. That's just like a fruitful, effective leader. Let's say it's a pastor in this. An individual who blends extreme personal humility with an intense professional will. We found leaders of this type at the helm of every good to great company. Level 5 leaders channel their ego needs away from themselves into the larger goal of building a great church. It's not that level 5 leaders have no ego or self-interest. Indeed, they are incredibly ambitious but their ambition is first and foremost for the institution for the church and not for themselves that is servant leadership so when i talk about servant leadership i'm not talking about doormat you know okay i'm your pastor please come and walk all over me because i'm serving you there 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 i'm here to meet all your needs make you feel good about life and no, that's not servant leadership it's a part of servant leadership to care for the flock and be a good listener uh, but uh, there's more to that. And so, John, have ambition for this church. This is a great church. Probably one of your biggest challenges is your faith following success. Yeah, so that's a, that's a big challenge. So it's a, it's a bigger challenge than following failure because then whatever you do is progress. Okay, so it's a difficult handoff, but it's not a bad place to start with a healthy church. It's not all bad. It's got some resources, got some great people, got some depth, um, but... Uh, It's it's a challenge Um, but I think you're well prepared for it and uh, Neil has done a good job preparing you and giving you space to emerge. Biblical leadership, there's no separation from character or gift, there's no separation from the private and public which is a big and bad change in our culture Uh, and as I said Jesus ultimately is our example and Jesus gave an example of servanthood when he was with his disciples as recorded in John 13. Gosh, I'm so glad that was you and not me. I thought it was me for a moment. That's a shocking my And then, um, that would have been funny, wouldn't it? Yeah, So I'll call you back later, mum. Yeah, okay, all right. Um, um, John 13, that's where we were. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. Now that I'm that now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I've done for you. So Jesus' example, you serving. That's the call, the leadership. That is the biblical call. Jesus, our example. But that's not all that Jesus does. And so sometimes we can approach Jesus or even leadership and think, you're just there to serve me. But, but actually, good pastors don't just serve you and meet all your needs they challenge you to follow christ and build the kingdom and serve the church and so you come week by week you choose to come and you just come and i always think about this when i'm preaching my own church so i said these people are rocked up and now i'm going to challenge them to follow god now, so this is what jesus does in another context it's in the temple in John 2. In the temple courts he found people selling cattle and sheep and doves and others sitting at tables exchanging money. And so he made a whip out of cords. I mean, this is Jesus, meek and mild. Yeah, and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves he said, get out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. Now John, you know. Don't overread into this passage and what I'm saying, okay? I think if you start coming in like that, you'll soon get called out. So you don't want to drive God's people. But there are times as a pastor, and particularly as the senior pastor, you have to call people to another way of living, which is not following the world. And so you bring messages on holiness and you challenge life and behavior and choice and you appeal with a message of grace, yeah. but you say, no, don't don't go that way. You appeal with a message of grace, it will do you harm, but you still set the bar high. You challenge people about the God of this world, which is in our culture, mammon, materialism. And you say, look, give your money to kingdom and the church. Yeah? Yeah, you do, I do all the time. All the time. And uh, I teach my church that probably your bank account reveals your heart. So if you looked at your standing orders and where they go, they'll reveal your heart. It's like a mirror to your spiritual health. That doesn't always go down well. Normally it goes quiet. That's the role of a pastor. It's to call you to serve God and follow him. And bring your gifts and your contributions and... And uh, that's the job of a pastor, to tell you you're a rotten sinner. (laughs) But loved by God and grace has come so you can know forgiveness. And bring your contributions, your time, your talents and your treasure. And pour it out in worship to him. It doesn't always go down well in my experience. Uh, (laughs) I have people in my church, they won't even talk to me. I've took them on so much. Because they are out of line. Yeah? I hope that doesn't happen to you, John. And you're clearly nicer than me. So, uh, but sometimes church, church leadership is, is, is direction and doctrine. But sometimes, like good fathering, it sets boundaries for God's people. Yeah, and protects God's people. And challenges people. And that comes with the territory. why the Apostle Paul says, Warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, cause people to holiness. That's the role of servant leadership. Uh, it's a massive moment. <laughs> Neil Dez, I'm watching you, how you've handled this. I'm learning. Uh, I really am learning. I'm thinking, what an example to me as a younger man. A bit. Um, uh, well, no, no, absolutely amazing. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. When I had my church over in ten or so years, it's just remarkable. And you've served this church so well. This uh, uh, church has flourished under Neil's leadership. Uh, picked up from uh, Frank Matthews, the founding father. Uh, Led into this building, led into the clearing of this debt. So as you come in, you think, oh, it's great, isn't it? This building here, it's out of this man's leadership, clearing the £600,000 worth of debt. And now we're all living in the benefit of it. Um, When I connected with Neil, we connected quickly, found real friendship. And I found Neil and an eldership team that were robust. Now, I sit in a lot of elders' meetings. I have the privilege to travel all over the world. You have and, and the UK. You have a fabulous team of elders. They are wise, they are committed, they love the people of God. That when I'm with them, what I like about them, they're really forthright. It's not, he hasn't surrounded himself with yes men. Yes, senior pastor. Whatever you say, senior pastor. You know, none of that. It's like robust. And then I come in and I stir the pot. And they say, you're, you're crazy, Steve. I say, no, no, I'm right. And then we go, things like that. and then I go away and they carry on doing what they want to do anyway. Yeah. And a lot of time they've been really responsive. and said, okay, you, you think we could do two meetings here? Yeah, come on, let's do it. Let's be a church that's here for those that are not in the room. And so, Neil, there's well done, well done. Yeah, you may give them a round of applause. You can. Well done, remarkable. You have got to understand in my in my church that people will be whooping now. You know, woo, yeah. Okay, all right, okay. Um, quickly, I better move on. My second point, really, John, this is for you and for the church, is, um, is that God prepares preparation for leadership. I believe God prepares leaders when he gives them a new, or a new arena of influence. Uh, this has been a life first for me. Actually, the one I've picked today, John, from 1 Peter 5. And it says, humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. And there have been a number of times in my own life where I thought, I'm going to do this for God. And then it hasn't opened up. And it's been humbling. And I thought, oh, okay. I thought I was just about to do this. And no, I'm not. And then I've had to kind of come under his uh, training and then uh, if you handle that well, the preparation test of delay or, or lack of recognition, then it can come around. God will then lift you up and everyone will go, it must be God, it must be God. And uh, so John, you've done well. You've been on the team some 11 years, started as a youth pastor here. I started as a youth pastor when I went. Into, all good senior pastors start as youth pastors. So that's say, it is. Did you wear a youth pastor? Yeah, yeah. So... But just really, senior pastors are just youth pastors who are a bit older and with a different title. Okay, that's all it is. It's just growing and now you've got the care of a whole church, a whole family rather than a part of it. It's a big difference. Um, Bob Clinton, wrote a classic book. If you're a leader here, you should read it. The Making of a Leader by Bob Clinton. He establishes two principles. He says, upon the successful completion of a task, the leader is usually given a bigger task. That's God's purpose. Upon the successful completion of a task, the leader is usually given a pass a bigger task. And secondly, every leader whom God uses in any capacity must first be prepared to function in that capacity. I think you can have confidence in this handover moment because John has been well prepared. You know, you know him. He ain't perfect, yeah. But you know him. He's been faithful, he's gradually carried more responsibility. It's a great example of handover. And 2 Timothy 2 says, Entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Or Luke 16 and verse 10, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. So John is proven. It is a new season. And, and John is different leading a church than being on a team. Very different. <laughs> Before I left, I was 32 when I led the church I lead now, started, I've been leading it 24 years. And I was in a, an elders meeting in a big church in Bedford. And I, I don't know if this might surprise some of you, but I was opinionated as a young man. And I might, you know, I might have sort of, sort of externalised a few thoughts. Like, we should do it this way, pastor. Why are you doing that, pastor? Oh, let me do it, pastor. Look at me, pastor. I, you know, phrases like that that spring to mind. And... Uh, and then I went to lead my own church, and early on I realized if I said something, people listened because out of the position. Whew, I had to kind of like, oh, okay. If I, if, if I get negative about something, it carries additional weight. How I respond to something will shape how people respond rather than, okay, it comes, I think, oh, it's a real pain, or okay, it's a challenge, let's respond in faith. Just a few words can change the whole response. Of a church. So it's different. It's very different. Uh, but John you're, you're, you're well prepared. and uh, uh, It doesn't mean that he's won't take a while to grow into the role. Yeah? Bob Clinton goes on to say. Every leader whom God uses in any capacity. Must first be prepared to function in that capacity. Proper preparation is the only assurance of a leader functioning effectively for God. Many leaders greatly desire to function effectively, but far few are willing to pay the price of being made ready for the task. It's like, if you want to have a great marriage, if you're married here, you want to have a great marriage? It takes hard work. Yeah. I mean, Deb is the love of my life. She really is. I tell everyone she's a lucky girl to be married to me. I do, I do. I do, it but it's probably not true. She's, she's, I'm lucky to be married to her. That's really, that's uh, white culture humor, everyone. And, uh, uh, and we're married 30 years. We are so happy. Yeah? We've got three sons, all going on with God, all involved in my own local church. I tell you, it's 20 plus years of having the conversation, talking, forgiving, making tea in the morning. Yeah? Anyway, so anything in life takes hard work. And John to lead this church will take hard work. Um, not every night, but fairly often I put my head on the pillow at the end of a day and I say, Lord, it's your church, it's not mine. So you kind of feel the tension and the responsibilities of caring and all the different demands very often in my church, week by week, I would have people telling me that lost ones have, lost loved ones or they just had diagnosis of cancer and things like that. It's just got so many people coming through and you want to be listening, ear and supportive and there just challenges or whatever in church leadership. And so I always say, Lord, it's your church. Yes, yeah, you, you shepherd the church. Give me a good night's sleep. And then I fall asleep, not every time. And then about 10 minutes later... I get a nudge from Deb. She says, will you please stop snoring? Which I think is a bit harsh when I've just prayed that prayer. Yeah. Saying, give me a good night's sleep. That's just keeping it real for you. yeah. Just keeping it real. <laughs> oh dear, I'm starting to laugh at my own jokes now. I better conclude. John, be self-controlled and alert. Stand firm. Uh, in the faith, lead out of grace, uh, be strong and steadfast. Um, just a couple of things, and then i 'll hand over to Neil. If I was John, do you know what I would do if I was the new leader i 'd change a few things around here i 'd do one or two really quite quickly now yeah? hopefully there 'd be good decisions. But I would do it just to sort of say, look, just say, no, I'm leading this place now. Yeah? I'm going to lead. So you want a leader to lead. You don't want someone that's going to follow everyone in this room. Because do you know what? I have one guy. I probably haven't got time to tell that story. But anyway. Because we're a family. It needs unity. It needs mutual submission to one to another. And so I encourage you to make a couple of changes. But the other thing I would say to you is don't change too much because this is a great church. And I think one of the great things about John is is, is, is as I've observed, he will evolve things. So this this is not time for revolution. This is evolve things because a lot is going well here. Yeah? And uh, I'll close with uh, another Jim Collins quote. My favourite, one of my top three I think. uh, Where he says, overnight success takes 20 years. Overnight success takes 20 years. If you want to raise a family, kids, at least 20 years. Want to have a great marriage, at least 20 years. You want to have a great career, at least 20 years. What we have seen here, and you have rejoiced in, is the, the, the blessing of faithful leadership for over 20 years, which is why you're such a fruitful and successful church. John? Think 20 years, don't always think three months uh, as you lead and uh, you move forward. For some of you, this is the first time you're gonna be led with someone who's younger than you. That'll take you a little while to get used to. It's okay? It happens to us all, Yeah. For some of you, you're really excited that you can identify with someone that is closer to your age. That's fine, that's good. It's interesting that they say that most people that join a church are five years younger than the leader of the church. It's just sort of the way of identification, and the way it works. So this is a really healthy thing for your church because you're making a generational shift, which will mean that this people won't just have one or two generations. There's has the potential to go to three to four and that's when you really start to multiply. Okay, so it's an exciting moment but it'll take a little while to adjust. So uh, I'll be praying for you. been cheering you on. And uh, I'm confident, actually, as best I know, that you're well-positioned to, to continue to move forward in God. Amen? Amen. 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 Near all yours, man.
0: Oh, well, um, we're going to pray in just a moment. Um, this isn't just a prayer time that we're having. I'm going to vibe you out and we're going to pray for John and Suzanne. Particularly, uh, there'll be a little prayer for Des and I, but um, we, we, we go for this thing called the laying on of hands. So that's an important moment. Moses laid hands on Joshua and the leadership of the people of Israel followed that. So he transferred his authority and leadership and blessing onto Joshua. We see the same in the New Testament. So we are publicly marking the beginning of John's uh, leadership as senior pastor here at Kings. So we're commending John to you. and, And it's you he will serve. And we're asking for God's blessing. We're commissioning him. To this role. So I just want us to get a hold of that and then, and we are now going to pray. So could I have the elders out, please? Could you come out? John and Suzanne, if you can come, that would be really helpful. Let's have you out. And, and, um, could I have friends and family and people standing alongside John? Just let's stand for a start, and that will help you get moving. And then we'll have some of you, come. just come and surround them, please, because we want the blessing of God poured out on their lives, don't we? That's what we want. So those of you connected in, and, uh, and, and those of you who are not, just those of you that I'd love to come out and just stand alongside uh, John. Just come. Please and do that. That would be very, very helpful. Come on. I know we're also we're also slow on these things. And uh, Jeff, you, Mim, i called your name now. You have to come, don't you, Mim? So, uh, sorry, Mim, about that. <laughs> Thanks. All right. So, uh, elders, come on. Let's uh, people. Let's lay hands on John. And uh, church, could you just put out your hand? So, you know, to, towards John and Suzanne, we're going to pray for them. Thank you. Yeah, Father, we thank you. I, I thank you for this man. I, I love his vision. I love his strength. I see great authority in him. Lord, thank you. Thank you. We, we, um, we commission him today to lead this church. Senior Pastor of King's Church. Lord, we thank you for your amazing grace upon his life and upon us as a church. You brought this man up among us. Lord, that's a gift and uh, many people would have him, but we're so grateful he's here and his heart is here. So Lord, we we lay hands on him, we appoint him into this place of Senior Leader, Senior Pastor of King's Oh God, pour your anointing on him. We pray, Lord, and uh, just they increase the authority on this man's life. Thank you, Lord, Lord, Holy Spirit, come. Let him be a man of the Spirit, a man who makes the Word come alive, a man who, for whom you have put wise thoughts in him, a man who understands the times and knows what to do in them. Like the men of Issachar, Lord, pour your favor and your blessing upon him. Lord, do him great good, we pray, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We bless the, uh, thank you for this family. We pray
1: for John and Suzanne that you bless their house, their household, their kids, we pray for this new season of responsibility. We pray for a new anointing to rest upon them. And on John, we uh, appoint you as the the father of this house. We appoint you as senior pastor of this uh, church. We pray for a season of great blessing and progress. We pray for greater days ahead than behind. We ask God, won't you come upon this church? There'll be a beacon in this uh, area. So we charge you with this role. We, we say, John, take on the mantle, serve this people, lead this people, lead them forward. Keep them faithful. Pray for them and work for them. Lay your life down for them. Serve them. Call them. Uh, challenge them. Encourage them to follow God. We ask your blessing upon them and on this church in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
2: John Suzanne, as in Joshua, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left And I really believe that um, God is going to lead you, and you're going to lead us to different places. This is not just a holding, holding position. He doesn't want you just to hold the church the same for the next 20 years. You're going to take us somewhere, yeah. somewhere different, somewhere new. And God wants to ensure, assure you that he's going to be with you. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. And he wants you to be strong and courageous. Amen. Amen.
0: Jeff, did you have something? Come on.
3: Just wanted to say, John, this is a a big day for you, but it's also a
1: big day for everyone here. And we want to, I'm speaking on behalf of everybody, you might not agree with me, but if you do, I'd like to hear an amen when I've said it. We want to give you guys support, encouragement, help. We want to give you our service to serve the church and to join in your vision to build the kingdom of
0: God in Wickham. Amen. 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 That's great, Jeff. Thank you. We have this... um, uh, God gave us a prophetic word many years ago. He woke me up with this line from Acts 18, verse 10. And the line is, um, I have many people in this place. This is God speaking to um, the Apostle Paul. I then went to a, a conference that day. And two people prayed for me independently... And I never said a word about that. And each one of them said to me, I believe God is saying, I have many people in that place. Acts 18 verse 10, I have many people in that place. And this is part of our, this is part of who we are as a church. Is part of our vision here. That we are here for these people in this town in High Wycombe. And so that's why I've given John this number plate here. Acts 18 verse 10 He's driving the bus, and I just, uh, you know, that is him. And that is very much part of John's heart too. I have many people in this place. John, I'm so pleased that you're going to be leading this church, and we're so proud of you. Let's welcome John as our senior pastor. Just at this moment, Steve and Trish are going to pray for Des and I,
3: okay? So that's good. Yeah, stay with us. Neil and Des, uh, we want to say just how much we love you. And what a great gift God gave to us the day you came to this church and the day you took up leadership. We have seen many things happen in 26 years. We have seen you grow. We've seen you have your struggles and we've seen you in your successes. We know how constant your hearts are. We know how committed you are in this place, how committed you have been to us as people. And above all, how committed you are to God. And we are thankful, Father, we are thankful for this couple. We are thankful for all that they have poured into us, for all that they have channeled to us, All of the challenge they have brought to us, all of the leading that they have brought us, they have been such an example. And we are grateful for this couple, Lord. We pray as they go forward from here, Lord, as they go to have time out, would you fill that time with your spirit and your presence? Would you fill their hearts with joy to see the fruit of what you have done? And there will be more to come. And Lord, we pray that as they step forward, Lord, in this next couple of months, Lord, that you would be close to them, speaking to them about what you have next. Because you lead them in the the paths eternal, Lord, in your kingdom. Thank you, Father. Pour your spirit on them. Amen.